We are rolling, counting us down. Three, two. This isn't what we wanted. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And if this is your first time listening, uh-huh. we introduce each other to different media, whether mm-hmm. it be music, movie, television, spoken word, books, uh, any other form of experience. We introduce it to each other. And we introduce it to you, the audience, talk about how it has built us as people, and we hope that it builds you. We are the retrospective that's introspective. We're all about building you. Hell yeah. You're like our little Legos. Missing out, building better yous. Ooh. Missing out on them sweet bionics. It's true. We you, will you weren't supposed rebuild to, them. You weren't supposed to transmutate your dead mom, bro, but now you got these sweet bionics. <laughs> So really, really, we should all do it. That's true. We yeah. should, because I want. I'm gonna transmutate dead everybody, because I want those sweet bionics. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm dope, dope, dope. Yeah, you, you got to get some sweet, sweet prosthetics, baby. And don't I gotta? Oh wait, okay. We're just jumping way ahead, right? Yes. Don't you have to kill some folks to make the philosopher's stone? Um, Allegedly. Uh, yes. So. I could kill some folks, make the Philosopher's Stone, then transmutate the people I just killed to make the Philosopher's Stone and get them sweet, sweet bionics. Circle of life. It's like recycling. Nice. As you may have guessed, we're talking about Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood today. Um, We... I decided I recommended this to Lex. I decided to forego the original series and went straight to Brotherhood. Though I do highly recommend the original series. Um, I thought this would be a good uh, starting point. Yeah. So first question: Why why this iteration as opposed to the original series? Um, so the the Brotherhood is a lot closer to the original manga. So the original series took place in almost in junction. So like they started doing the original series after the manga had been going for a certain amount of time. Okay. Um, and they put in a little bit of filler here and there, but then ultimately caught up and decided to just start doing their own thing. Um, and so the original series uh, was, it has a lot in common. Like a lot of the beats uh, are the same up to a point. So like you still get a lot of the stuff with Scar. You still get the stuff with Tucker and Marco um, and then you also get introduced to the, uh, to the homunculi and all that stuff. Uh, but then at a certain point they're like, yo, we just gonna double down on a lot of other stuff. Um, and then they essentially build their own philosophies going from there. Okay. Um, and so brotherhood, uh, is a lot, uh, it's, it's, it plays the long game because it know where it ends. Right. Um, so I was watching this and I, I had forgotten how much of a long game they were playing. Like this, the the first eight episodes that I had you watch mm-hmm. um, are essentially the first act. Um, and then everything, it sets up everything from there. And then you get the first time that the the protagonist meets the antagonist. And then, boom, it, it's you're off to the races. So, so then who is the primary antagonist? Because there have been a lot of not very nice people coming and going in the first eight. Um, in the show, the primary antagonist is a spoiler. 
Okay. Um, but they make mention of him in the eighth episode when you meet the homunculi. Yeah. Um, who are the people with the Ouroboros tattoo on them. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes. So they uh, make mention. They're like, we must report this to Father. Um, so the main antagonist is Father, but his main henchmen are the homunculi. You haven't heard that name yet because it comes up, I think, a few episodes later. Right. Um, I just, right, I, I figured I, I made an assumption about who you were talking about, and I think I assumed correctly, so we're good. Yes. We're safe. Um, yes, sexy lady, fat guy, and uh, skinny dude. Yeah, the, the what's up with the, with little dude who's real excited about eating people? I like that guy, more of him. Um, Did he get a spinoff? Why not? Yes, he totally gets a spinoff. They're like, guys, it's the gluttony power hour. <laughs> um, as you may have guessed, I don't remember if they have said anyone's names yet i think only gluttony they may have said um but they're each um the embodiment one of, of the seven deadly sins envy one yeah. of them's lust, lust. yeah yes. so i i have that in my mind i'm not sure if they if they've said them out loud where i've gotten to in the show but once i watched the eight episodes i went back just to make sure i didn't miss anything and i read recaps yeah of the episodes i had watched and that's where i Pick that up. Got it. So I, yeah. 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 But I like the, the little guy who wants to eat people. Um, he's he's really fun. I was recently watching the live action version that they released on Netflix recently. Um, all the characters are really well portrayed, except for like the main, like except for Edward, who is wearing a terrible wig. But that's not important. Um, the the guy who plays Gluttony is a perfect Gluttony. Okay. Also, the guy who plays Hughes. Perfect Hughes. Okay. Um, Hughes is the guy who is obsessed with his daughter and his wife. So that's, yeah, that guy. Um, that guy. He seems he's fun. awesome. He seems fun. Um, so, yeah, why don't we get your first impressions and then I'll talk about my thoughts. Okay, so I have some questions up top that have less to do with my impression of the show and more just kind of broader what what this questions. Um, so I noticed uh, Square Enix on on this show. Okay. And I've heard of Square Enix because I just recently started playing the Kingdom Hearts games. Okay. Do you know anything about this? What is the deal with Square Enix? What do you, what do you what, mean? What, what, are the deal? The, what is this company? And what is the is there a connection other than they distribute both things? Um, Square Enix, formerly Square Soft, um, is a video game company. Okay. I assume that they may have helped with some of the CGI that is utilized in the show. Um, but I don't know what the specific... Maybe they may also may have also done some distribution. This isn't a Tari question. Yeah, I figured it was just a distribution thing, but I wasn't sure. And I was just like, hey, I've heard of that. Yeah. There's one of these names here in these uh, opening titles that I recognize. Well, uh, Lex, there's this thing. It's really new. It's called Google. Nah. Um, nah. It's really effective. Nah, I came in here. I was like, Tari will know. Mm, and you didn't. No, I didn't. You didn't. I failed you. You know what never fails you? Google. Google. <laughs> <laughs> Let this be a, it's a teachable moment for everybody. Yeah. Um, but no, I want to know what your impression was. I want to, because I know that you are, by by historical fact on this show, Yes, you're not an anime guy. I'm really not. Um, uh, the record will back this up. Yeah. So uh, I feel like this is also one of the more accessible anime. Once you like are able to kind of get into the groove of it. Um, so yeah. Those, those are your facts that I've told you. Now I want to know your facts that you told me. Uh, all right. 
Um, I dug it. I actually thought it was a lot of fun. Nice. I, it took me a second to to adjust, like it always does. Yeah. But this felt, like you say, uh, infinitely to me, infinitely more accessible than anything else you've had me watch. And there were kind of like I feel like a child watching it a little bit because every so often, right? Like my mind will start to go somewhere else, and then someone on this show, like their eyes will bug out, and they'll be like. Ah! about something and suddenly I'm back in. I'm like, look, they're big waving their arms. Look at their faces. Yeah. And and then I'm back in. But there's there's so much uh, weird, bonkers stuff happening in this. Some of it's super, super dark. Yeah. But I was able to completely track all of it. And it's not like the, it's incredibly simple. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot happening and there are a lot of different characters and everybody kind of has a different relationship with each other and, and you know, different factions have different relationships with other factions. And there's, all this history that we're introducing every single episode and I definitely couldn't sit here and explain to you the entire fictional history of this universe at this moment but I was able to track most of it in a way that I wasn't having as easy a time engaging with much simpler anime stories that you've shown me in the past what else felt very 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 modern compared to anything else you've shown me and you've shown me things that aren't particularly old right but this felt very very slick very uh different kind of polish to it mm-hmm. that was just more like more immediately aesthetically catching to yeah. me um but yeah a lot of fun and i really like there's some real disturbing shit in this in this program yes um so that is something that i actually really that stuck out to me about this anime specifically especially when, when you watch the first series uh it really leans heavily into the dark aspects of it and like it will not hesitate to show you. So there is the story in, I believe it is episode three in this one, but they start in Lior with the priest who is said to be able to bring people back to life. Yeah. Um, And so in the original series, the, uh, the boyfriend of Rose, who is the girl with the multicolor hair, um, her boyfriend who was brought back together, she wasn't allowed to see him. Um, and he was always behind a, a curtain and he would say basically Rose. Uh, and so that was her anchor of faith. Okay. Um, and then at, at the end of that section, they, they pull back the curtain and it's just a giant bird that had been manipulated to say Rose's name. Um, and so, like, it's, it, yeah, it's... But so she never looked? She never went back there? She never could. Like, she wasn't allowed to. But it... She just wasn't... Was there, like, a rope? Like, who was stopping her from going back there? The, the guards, dude. Okay, the guards were just like, <laughs> no, don't do that. The yeah. guards weren't curious at any point? No. Or did faith. the guards know? I don't know. They probably knew. <laughs> the dude was like, I'm gonna put a bird there. Just don't tell her. <laughs> just don't tell her. Don't, don't break. Don't break character. Um, and then he just, yeah. like, hustles out. Um, I mean, it's... Yeah. And so, like, that was what appeal to me about the first series but this one i think feels like it really balances the super dark elements with the light tone um even the artwork and the coloring is a lot lighter than the the previous series and i think that like since they did have this is the second iteration it did allow them to kind of refine the way that it looks and right. and make sure to perfect the way that their character designs stand out amongst the background and things of that sort like yeah. another thing about it is that it gets down the line like it gets so detail oriented uh i think maybe i don't remember if it was on this show or if i was just talking about it in general but like they 
find a way to plant seeds uh, episodes earlier to things that happen much later, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, so one good example that takes place later in the series is you are following a different set of characters and they're hanging out. Um, and the, the camera, uh, the way that they do the camera is in this show is they do a lot of really interesting angles and things of that sort. And there's this one moment when these people are going over a map and it kind of pulls back and you see people passing by. And then essentially in that frame, you see like just a couple feet walk by frame and you see like a couple swords dragging behind them. Okay. And you're like, was that? That can't be. And then later you find like you like I want to say like five episodes later, maybe two two or two to five episodes later, that comes to fruition and you're like, but how how did that happen? Um it's it's just so well planned out and well well detailed. Yeah. Um and you were talking about the world of this. Um the world building I think is the best part of the show. Um because from the beginning, you get little hints about the Ishvalan uh, uprising, just like a casual mention. Right. And then you start to see the uh, the fallout of it. You you The first person that you come up against was trying to get retribution to the Fuhrer, or uh, retribution on the Fuhrer for uh, Ishval. And then later you meet a rebel Ishvalan and then you find out what the history of Ishval was. Right. And what Um, sparked that their civil war. Right. Um, And so like them building on like what, what the importance of that section was, but also um, explaining the world of alchemy and how it fits into this world and how it's part of the military. And it's also part of the national economy, but not everyone can do it. And like those who are good at it can essentially become weapons and all that stuff. Like that I think is the prime uh, world building that this story does. Right. And and the way they are able to incorporate, uh, such su- world building on such a scale while also giving you these massive info dumps almost every scene. Yeah. It's incredible how well paced this thing is and how it feels like even while we're doing that, we're still moving the story forward. The storytelling on this show is incredibly efficient. Yeah. And that's, that's I think, the biggest reason it is so easy, surprisingly so, to track all of these details, all of this history, all of these character arcs, all of... The, the information about what alchemy is and, and the history of that and the practical applications of it and the dangers and don't resurrect your mom, kids. Never, you notice in fiction, trying to save the the dead mom never, 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 never goes well for anybody. I mean, what other examples are there? Flashpoint. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Guys, if your mom dies, just get over it. That's uh, the, st- the main story. The, the Bambi sequel where he's like a neuromancer <laughs> and he tries to make his mother's body come back. Oh, yeah. I yeah. remember that. But actually, he discovers too late that, that the hunter actually ate his mom. Yeah. So when he succeeds in his, in his, uh, his, his uh, what is it, the reanimation process. There we go. I'm picturing Bambi like with the key art from Reanimator. He's holding uh-huh. like the vials and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he actually reanimates her spirit inside of the hunter. Ooh. And it and it's it's grounds for all manner of wacky scenarios. Right. And also he has to deal with the existential horror that like it's it's his mother, but he's looking at the face of, of the man who killed her. It's dark shit. It is. It's dark. It's Especially dark. once they start making out and you're like, 
I can't, I don't understand the dynamics of this, but I'm so intrigued. It's, it's the Batman v Superman of the Disney animated catalog. Woof. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh- <laughs> I'm going to, it's going to take a while to process that one. But honestly, we get, we get shit on a, a full metal alchemist that is not, too much less dark than that. Yeah. Like th- when we get in the in the second episode, we get the backstory about how these two brothers ended up in their current circumstance, and it is all about them trying to. They had been practicing with alchemy, and their mother falls victim to a sickness, essentially that right, like kind of sweeps through their town. Yeah. And they try to bring her back to life, and because it, I don't remember the exact terminology, but essentially to transmutate a human life. Yeah, you, it extracts a great cost, and so what ends up happening is it obliterates uh, Al, Al, Al. I'm gonna call him Al. Alphonse. I, no, yeah. I know it's Alphonse, but I'm like I'm gonna call him Al. We're we're yeah. that close now. Yeah, you guys are uh, on a first name basis. But so uh, essentially obliterates the younger brother entirely, yeah. and and blows off uh, one of homeboy's limbs, and mm-hmm. then he's like, I need to learn. I need to learn perfect alchemy. You can you could take one of my limbs, bro. But I want to save my brother, so you could take another one of my limbs, bro, and turn it into sweet bionics and then we're gonna put my brother into this sentient suit of armor we get all of that in this episode but but on the way there we get this this moment of just this child screaming seeing his his brother having been obliterated it looks like there's blood all over the place he's missing at least one limb yelling this isn't what we wanted (laughs) it's it's upsetting but uh, again like you mentioned uh the tone, like how uh, the tonal balance, it shouldn't work, but it yeah. does. It never feels like you're watching a different show than the show where you got the funny guy that wants to eat people. That's maybe not the best example because it's pretty dark, too. Uh, but you know what I mean. Right. There are some really light uh, comical moments on this show, and it never feels like you're watching something that is completely disconnected from the other elements. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's because the character's themselves for the most part are pretty grounded which uh like i think that they are uh privy to moments of whimsy but at the same time like there's a lot of introspection that goes on with the two main elrics um there's a lot of uh i guess really dour human moments between all of the other characters as well that make it so that it's not just a, a light farcical show. It is a, a a deep drama with farcical moments. It's it's a deep drama and also very much a horror story at times. Yeah. I mean, one of the... I, I watch a lot, man, and one of the darkest things I've seen this year is that subplot about the dude who just is so desperate to be good at alchemy that he irreversibly bonds his cute daughter with the dog. Oh, yeah. And then the dude, the Scarface, shows up and Mercy kills it. <laughs> <laughs> That's heavy shit. Oh, yeah. Um, the the Shout Tucker story is one of the darkest stories I've seen in anime in, in a very long time. Heavy shit. Yeah. It's, it's haunting, I'd say. Um, there's in the original series, it is even like, it's not even sadder, but the way that Nina dies is sadder in that, like he, he ends up basically like splatting her against a wall. So like when the Elrics come, it's just like this, this dog shaped outline of blood smeared on. Yeah. It's rough. 
um they were really going for the edge it was like so edgy um (laughs) but yeah i i really liked that aspect of the character so I think in the original series, they, they were very much like, Shao, he's just an evil guy. Um, but in this one, it was more about, like, you kind of understood the desperation behind it in that, like, it it kind of shows how people deify this idea of being a state alchemist mm-hmm. and how uh, essentially that, to him, became the most important thing in his life and he feared living in squalor so much that, like, to lose it would mean to lose everything. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, maybe in his eyes, like, he saw it as, like, he wouldn't be able to feed his family. So, like, she would die anyway. So it was either have her live as a chimera or watch her starve to death. Do you think he consulted her at any point? No. 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 You, I don't... That takes it, that takes a lot of the mercy element out of it for me. Well, I mean, unless... <laughs> I, I think that even if he had consulted, well, cause here's she's the, not fit to give consent. But here's the thing, right? There is a chance, if you don't turn her into a dog, that you'll find food eventually. There's right. a, the possibility exists. Yeah. But... But as they made explicit, once you turn her into a dog hybrid, you cannot at any point reverse the dog hybridization. Uh-huh. But it's one less mouth to feed. <laughs> and I'm sure that, like, at some point he was like, hey, Nina, you love your dog, right? And she's like, yeah, I love him so much. Oh, and he's like, you want to be close to your dog? You want to be the closest you've ever been to your dog? And she's like, yeah, that sounds great. And he's like consent uh, yep that's uncomfortable but it, can you imagine if it was like the ending of spoilers spoilers for the mist uh have, have you if you imagine it's like the ending of the mist where he has to he has to mercy kill his child and then they're immediately rescued <laughs> uh so it's a little bit like that right where what if he has to mercy meld his daughter with the dog and then the next day, everybody who was harassing him, kind of pushing him out, they were like, look, we made a huge mistake. We're sorry. Please come back. Please full reinstatement <laughs> of all of your titles and placements. Everything. You're good, man. You're golden. You're golden. You're basically getting the equivalent of tenure. You are set, bro. We're really sorry. And then he looks over at his dog daughter and he's just like, what, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? Oh, man. Um, I, I feel like being an adult now like when i was watching it i was like oh it's tragic but being an adult i feel like the the solution would have been to be like guys i'm not doing chimera anymore i want to do something else so i'm going to get my state alchemist uh certification some other way eat a dick i've already done the the talking out chimera thing you don't need to worry about it you saw i could do it i'm gonna do something else now you guys want frogs that can jump buildings boom you got it (laughs) there are other ways i'm picturing i'm I'm just picturing the frog invasion like once we have (laughs) like giant weaponized frogs that look like we ride around on and they're carrying munitions they're like they're like a horse and a catapult in one Ooh, i like it and they're amphibious. Ooh. Ah. So then, like, people just hang out in their mouths, and then they, like, swim around, and then they, like, come to shore, 
open it up and then soldiers just come flying out. Yeah, a whole bunch of them. And if they're yeah. smaller frogs, like some of the frogs are not that big, right? Like that's like a tank frog. Right. Uh, some of them are just like horse sized. Mm-hmm. And it's like you can maybe hide one person in their mouth, but when they emerge, just like hop out, hop on their back. Yeah. It's got a saddle on and you just kind of ride the frog in a battle. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I'm into it. I feel like that's what the uh, Jurassic World was was originally supposed to be. Was supposed to be frogs. Yep, just frogs. That's how the dinosaurs came to be. So you just do frogs. Um, so <laughs> I uh, another thing I really like about this show are the the, the characters for the most part. Like, yes, um, I think that they all something that they do in anime is like they give each character like some definitive quirk um and that like makes them relatable as a person um so like never not everyone is the same so like in in this one uh fairy tale this character is almost near nigh unbeatable um but he gets motion sickness um so that's like a thing um and so in this show i feel like they do that but it's it's always turned to 11 but it always it never feels outlandish with the exception of like armstrong who like takes his shirt off for every reason he can and like rubs his chest on people yeah yeah um but even so like it makes him so lovable he's so cool he's in touch with his emotions which i like um yes he's he's, he's deeply affected he's very affected by their story (laughs) um it's 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 one of those things uh i think i there's a uh meme going around on the internet right now um where people are like, show me an example of non-toxic maxi- masculinity. That's, yeah. And it's it's Armstrong, baby. Yeah, he's that's true. Yeah. I, he, I didn't hear him ask before rubbing his chest on the boy, but... Uh, I think he did, though. He was like, let me... Sh-. He was like... That wasn't a question. It was an insinuation. <laughs> that of- wasn't a question. <laughs> I think you could have said no. I don't know that that passes the smell test. That's true. <laughs> But but other than that, other, look, I, I totally buy maybe that Armstrong was once a far more toxic guy than he is now. Maybe still got a ways to go, but has clearly put in some of the work. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that like during war times, he's like, we gotta we gotta kill some dudes and fuck some hoes. And everyone's like, that is extreme Armstrong. Jesus, and he's wow. like, do I have some work to do? Is that <laughs> is that too far? And they're like, yeah, dude. Like, come on, tone it down. And they're like, here, read some books. And he's like, modern feminism. Okay, I get it. And then, like, at the end of the war, he's like, women are just like us. Like, they're like equality is the main per- thing that they want in, in life. Like, they just want to be treated like everyone else. Damn. Well, how have I been getting this wrong for so long? And then he gets the like anime streams of tears down right. his eyes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, also, okay, so speaking of which, you know how, like, I mean, it's an anime thing, I guess. It's the only place I've seen it. Okay. Uh, where, like, somebody will get real excited or mad or whatever. Extreme emotion really abruptly. And, you know, their whole face will change. Look at the big, round, white eyes. And the, like, lines on their cheeks because it's, like, a blush-type thing. And their yeah. mouth gets really huge. And they might have lines coming off their head. Every Almost every character has a version of that. And I like that uh, Alphonse's in the suit of armor, uh, when he snaps into that different style, he looks like... um. The, the pillowcase man. Um, Oogie Boogie from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Just the, the shape, just the silhouette. Right. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, 
Alphonse, man. Speaking of Alphonse, um, oh, go Can ahead. Can we talk about something else that's dark as shit? Sure. Uh, this idea when he when they're fighting uh, the two the what turns out to be three murderers in the in the possessed suits of armor. Yes. Slice and dude uh, who I bury the chopper. Bury the chopper. I wanted to call him like Mister Beef House or something like that. I knew that wasn't oh, right, yeah. but I was leaning towards Mister Beef House. <laughs> okay. Uh, when when uh, what's his name? Alphonse? No, not Alphonse. Barry? The, the one you just told me. Slicer? No, the other one. The one you just told me. Barry. Is it Barry? Barry yes. the what? Barry the Chopper. Barry the Chopper. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I kept thinking like Chet, Chet the Butcher. And you just <laughs> you just said it to me. And I was like, Chet the Butcher, right? Yeah, um, totally. So he's fighting Chet. And uh, uh, so Barry puts this idea into his head that maybe you're not real. Maybe you're just a puppet that your brother created and all of your memories are in play. Like, just starts gaslighting this kid yeah. super hard. Maybe all of your loved ones are in on it and against you and you weren't real to begin with. And the kid starts to internalize this mm-hmm. and genuinely question whether or not he exists. That's heavy. Yeah. That's some heavy shit. It's real fucked up. Um, can I talk about Barry the Chopper for a second? Yes. Um, in... In the original series, they stretched out his story a little bit. Okay. Um, and so you got to see him as a real person. Um, so he st- he steals Winry. He's like this guy who goes... Well, yes, he's this guy who goes around in an ice truck. Um, and he delivers meats, but also like steals women. And he uh, cross-dresses as a woman so no one can identify him as Barry the Butcher or Barry the Chopper. Okay. Um, and so everyone's See, now you're like, doing it. yeah, uh, everyone's like, who's this fucking pretty lady? And he's like, I'm actually Barry the Butcher. <laughs> um, and so, wow. yeah, that's his, that's his shtick. Yeah. So it's really interesting. This character that was thwarted by Ed and Al uh, and having him come back in this prison scene. That makes me sound like mechanics. A- <laughs> oh, good old Ed and Al. <laughs> Um, and they're just covered in grease like he's got a screwdriver just twisting on his arm and stuff. <laughs> you, you need some help with your auto mail? Hey. Um, <laughs> Alphonse, they put him in the suit and he sounds like he's in his late 40s and he chain smokes. <laughs> how, how is he smoking through the armor? No one knows. Like every time he picks up his head, it's just clouds of cigar smoke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, it's it's it. It draws another line between these two characters. So in 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 the original series, there there's this aspect that you don't get as much in the newer series, which I think is fine because there's a lot more going on in the new series. Um, but there's this idea that everywhere that uh, Ed and Al had gone, or the Elric brothers had gone, um, they essentially came in... Uh, sowed discord and left so there's like a, a a through line that where there's like a moment when mustang and uh hughes are talking and they're basically going through all of the disasters that have fallen these different areas that the elric brothers had gone through and they're like should we tell them and they're like no let them have their victories um which is a really interesting aspect to add to those characters um i mean it's it's mostly because they are being used by the homunculi mm-hmm. but like it's a it's a really 
interesting layer to throw on the idea of these two characters who are in their heads kind of the heroes of these these different regions um but they don't stick around to deal with the fallout of their actions right um so that's something that they kind of explore in the older series and something that like i'm glad that i'm i'm glad that i experienced it but i'm glad that they dropped for the second series yeah yeah okay Um, i mean but that's how you do it right like you don't stick around to see the fallout of your actions. <laughs> then somebody might hold you accountable for them. Right. Yeah. You know, um, may, but maybe some people should. Um, I really like, so we were talking about Alf- Alphonse, and I really like the dynamic between Edward and Al. Um, it, you get a lot of it in this first eight episodes. Mm-hmm. And like in the next episode, I'm going to spoil it for you. Go. Um you get kind of a resolution to this idea of uh, Alphonse being fake. Um, okay, so we resolve it quickly. We resolve it very quickly. Okay, because I was I was seeing where we left that in episode eight, thinking, well, if we wanted to, we could turn this into a season-long conflict where just tensions mount and mount and mount, and eventually they have a giant blowout and then eventually resolve things to do some mm. more alchemy stuff. Nah, it's a it's a it's a pretty short. Like in the original series, it lasts a lot longer, but I think it, it resolves pretty quickly in this one, just because they got a lot of shit to do. Yeah, it seems like um, there's yeah no no time to spend. Oh on, hell no, because um, they got they they have a bunch of volumes of manga to cover in about sixty episodes, um, so it just keeps moving. So like they introduce this concept, and it instead of being milked for drama. It is something that they use to really solidify the two brothers' relationship in that the thing you you have that flashback to Edward being like, I never meant to or I, there was something I wanted to ask you or say to you, but I never had the courage to. Um, and the the thing that he wanted to ask was like if Alphonse resents him for putting him in the armor um, and what? I was just trying to fill in, like I'm. I'm just trying to fill in ahead of time what the question might have been. Got it. It's like I've always, I've always wanted to know what did you, what did you think of Luke's arc in the Last Jedi? <laughs> I thought it was really good. It's a loaded it question. Was great. Yeah. It's a loaded. That's become like you don't touch politics or religion at the dinner table at family gatherings. You don't touch. You don't touch the Last Jedi. <laughs> no, families have split apart. It's true. It's true. That's that's what Captain America: Civil War is about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tony was like. I grew up with Luke Skywalker. You weren't born yet. Uh, or you were stuck in ice. But for me, he's the ultimate hero. Yeah. Um, he's like, we didn't even find out who Snoke was. Come on. Yeah. Cap. Seriously. Totally. Seriously. Yeah. Um, but we, I mean, you know, Tony's a crybaby piss boy. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm Dude, now. Tony Stark. Not, not anyone else. So, you know, I'm just. I need, I need. That to be the title of Avengers Four: Avengers <laughs> Crybaby Piss Boys. <laughs> we're just—we decided we're just burning the house down. Oh yeah, uh, burning down the house. Speaking of, yeah, the boys burned their house down, so they had no way to return, and it made Armstrong cry. Oh yeah, um, it was a, it's very much like the conquistadors burning their boats, like psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going back. We're like, gonna wait, live. what if we need to go back? <laughs> we never this will. is like the dog hybridization. <laughs> I mean, but they should have gone back. Uh, they should have just never come. They should have never come. Um, I, I, 
Um, I also forgot that like this show is a it's like a kid show in a way um, like made for kids. Um, and so like there's this principle of when you're when you're making a kid show, you have to remind the audience about like the premise a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like you get for the first like four episodes you get like the elric story over and over and over again yeah just because they're like in case you forgot in case you don't remember why this guy has a metal arm and a metal leg uh it's because they did this when we get the little thing up top at the beginning of every episode it's like alchemy it's a science magic and you can do stuff (laughs) but sometimes you do Bad stuff, and then bad stuff happens to you. Yep. Alchemists. (laughs) And then we kick into, like, the music video-style opening credits. Yeah. By the way, those songs are never not going to be in my head again. I mean, they're great. I don't speak Japanese, so I don't know what the lyrics are at all. You don't need to. But the melody is just there now. I mean... Just in my brain. Um, I forgot how, like, fucking bumping the opening song was right. like it starts out real like soft and 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 pensive and then like the drums kick in it's like um and everyone's getting ripped apart by tiny baby hands and yep. you're like oh man this show's hardcore it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot man there's a lot going on on this show um i agree um i am one, I'm glad I made you watch it so that I could watch it again. Sure. Um, and I think I'm going to continue to watch it because I think I'd been meaning to. I haven't. Wa- I hadn't watched the dub. Um, I had only watched the subtitled version because I was watching it as it was launching in America, um, and they were doing like a simulcast thing with Hulu. Um, when uh, when did this debut? This iteration. Uh, 2009. 2009. When was the original? The original was 2003, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, they were a few years apart. So, like, they had ran run the full course of the original series. Um, so they, they dubbed it. They played it all on uh, Cartoon Network during the Toonami block. Or it may have been Adult Swim, so... Um, there was a lot edited out because it was real dark. Yeah, I was going to say, like, this seems pretty heavy for Toonami. Yeah. Adult Swim, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then uh, after it concluded, they released a movie called um, the Something Something Shambhala. Um, so the original series ended without a definitive conclusion. Um, like, it had its its conclusion, but they they wanted to expand upon it. Um, so the way that the original one ends, spoiler alert for the original Full Metal Alchemist, if you decide to watch it, um, is they like dispatch with the uh, the homunculi, uh, and they man- a lot of stuff happens, but they manage to get Al's body back, but Edward is thrown into another parallel uh, reality, which is our reality. Okay. Um, and so essentially... In this version of it, uh, the it, you find out that alchemy is uh, fueled by the soul. Like, the alchemy they use on a regular basis is fueled by the souls of the deaths of people from that universe. Um, so, like, and so when he gets over there, they're in the midst of World War II. So everyone who's dying in World War II, um, their souls are becoming fuel for the alchemy of 
their world. Okay, so wait, do we actually see any of him hanging out in our reality? Yes. What's he do? Um, he uh, mostly struggles to live life without alchemy. Um, oh, yes, yeah, I bet. Yeah. So, well, in, so in the, that's how the, the series ends. And then in the movie, they essentially expand upon that in that, like, it's his goal to find alchemy in our world. Um, and then these guys manage to do so. And they view, uh, they view his original universe as Shambhala. Okay. And so they try to lead a, an army into his world to take over. And so he and Al are basically working in conjunction to foil the same group of people who are trying to bridge the two worlds. Um, it's a, it's a really interesting concept. That sounds bonkers. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just, it was just a weird turn for the series to make. But does he, but does he find alchemy in our reality? Um, they find a way of doing it, um, because of things. Um, they find fossil fuels. Uh, yes. They become oil barons. Mm -hmm. They're, they're the Rockefellers. It turns out. (laughs) Yeah. How did you know? It's a hell of a twist. Yeah, you got me. You got me, Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> He's like, my name is Elric von Rockefeller, and they're like, we accept it. Yep, no questions here. Yep, never heard those syllables in that order before, but a okay with us. Totally. Yep. Great. Yep. <laughs> so it's the same guards that the dude was like, I'm gonna put a bird back there. Don't break character. Don't break character. So now they're always like, is this a is this a bit? Yep. If we push this too hard, are we going to lose our jobs? <laughs> Just because I got, I got family, man. You know, I, I'm cool. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, you do what you want. Just keep keep sending those checks. Is that guy a bird? A- <laughs> you like pan over and it's just a fucking bird in armor. And you're like, why? No, more than that, I'd be like, how'd you get that bird in there? <laughs> I transmuted it. <laughs> But it extracts a terrible cost to transmute oh, birds. It's true. Oh man. Um <laughs> stupid. Yeah. It's uh, so dumb. Uh um I like so I want to talk about the, the Philosopher's Stone a little bit. Yes. Um so we get a little cute wink to uh Fromel. Yeah, they do. Uh, they name drop Flamel at one point. Yeah. Which, if you don't, if you are unfamiliar, he was a, a prominent name. The idea of alchemy back when that was a whole thing. I feel like now, in a world where Harry Potter exists, I feel like now a lot more people recognize the name. But yes. this is actually—he's not just a Harry Potter character, folks. Yeah, because like alchemy, ex- the idea of alchemy existed in this world as well. Um, it was the concept where people thought that they could turn uh, lead into gold, and it was like an ancient. Um, it's basically pseudoscience magic. Right, exactly. Um, and so, like, I like that little name drop where he's like, ha-ha. And so we get the, the 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 main drive of the two main characters is to find the Philosopher's Stone, um, coined the Sorcerer's Stone in American Harry Potter. American Potter. Um, American uh, Otters. <laughs> Yep. Look at them eyes. It's just them otter eyes. Those are beavers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you a beaver. Oh, no. It's in the dam. Oh, it's no. It's over there. It's the oh, dam. It's no. in the dam. Oh, no. Oh, hey. Hey. Got- Michael Gambon, why? <laughs> <laughs> 
I uh, don't know who that is. He's uh, uh, the second Dumbledore. He's Dumbledore from the Azkaban one to the oh, last one. Oh, the one who's alive. Yes. Got it. Yes. Cool. Got it. Cool. That's all you had to say. Yeah. That's all you had to say. We, uh, yeah, we, yeah. We're, we're, ser- we're sensitive here oh, on boy. Missing Out. Just we're the most sensitive. Rare, rare form today. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm, I'm sick. That's my excuse. He's he's, he's under sick. the weather, and I am very tired from my fight with two brothers who <laughs> became one suit of armor. Uh, but then some ladies showed up and stabbed them, so now I'm here. Yeah, totally. It so was so good. Yeah, so your your hot hot Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> Deus Ex Hotkina. Mm. All right. So the Philosopher's <laughs> Stone. Um. So the. When I was originally watching this show, mm. um, it's it's one of those things where you're like, all right, you got this cool, sweet MacGuffin, and they keep finding fake versions of it. Um, and then you get to this moment where I really like that the the core problem changes from like, can we find this thing to we can't morally create it. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's, there's only so long that you can string a MacGuffin along. Um, but the when the the idea becomes linked to the moral compass of your heroes, I think that is a much more interesting place to go. Um, in the in the original series, I'm I'm I know guys uh, in the audience are like he keeps talking about the fucking original series. Forget about it, guys. I can't. It's my it's my first love. I'm just letting the you, original just, series is my first love. I'm just letting you go, man. Um, I'm following just enough of this to stay engaged. <laughs> Um, uh, in the original series, he actively had to not transmute, um, like prisoners, like the homunculi had set up a bunch of prisoners, um, above him. And they were like, Hey bro, all you got to do if you want this stone is just hit that circle and you good. Wait, how do you, you gotta, actively not do something? You, because he had it all in front of him and he could have done it. And he was like, I didn't. I see. Made yeah. it. Okay. I got it. I'm with you. Right. I'm with you. He made he made an active decision to do nothing. He wasn't like he wasn't like just planting himself and clenching his entire body and yes. being like, must not do anything. I mean, that's what he did. Oh, you okay. know. And then just like fecal matter started oozing from his pores Whoa. because he was straining so hard. Wow. There was like nowhere for it to go. And his it just pores? Started. Yeah. That's like, that's the true cost that the alchemy extracted when they tried <laughs> yes. to resurrect mom. Mm-hmm. You poop through your skin. Yeah. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> that's not. That's not good. You that's, couldn't go to parties. No, I mean you could. I mean, you just you just never poop at the party. That's why. <laughs> that's why they don't like party poopers. Oh. Is because you know they they extract a heavy cost from the party. Oh man, we are. Uh, this is this is. You should <laughs> you should prime record, missing out. You should record sick more often. Man. <laughs> This is great. This is grand. Oh man. Um yes. So he had to not transmute a bunch of prisoners. Uh he had to make the choice to not kill a bunch of people to get what he wants. Um cuz like the the essence of drama is showing a character what they wanted most in the world um and making them choose not to take it. Sure. Yeah, I'm with I'm still stuck though on pooping through your skin. <laughs> I'm sitting over here trying real hard not to laugh into the mic while you're talking. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I mean, I can go deeper into it. So it's like, have you ever had Play-Doh 
and you like you know have those things where you this. press you, you have you had them like it's like the they're like um little little um like almost syringes so you put a bunch of play-doh in it and then you squish it down and play-doh comes out like spaghetti oh like a meat grinder basically yeah like a meat grinder yeah yeah but your pores huh yeah so like does it come out like out spaghetti? Little, yeah, it comes out like spaghetti, like in little little circles, like little little tiny circles, just comes straight out your out your pores. Well, every that, pore. That honestly sounds a little bit more manageable than like if it if it came out almost like sweat, but just so much like sticker and gross. Yeah. yeah, I mean, isn't that what hair is though? Isn't that it's just a bunch of waste dead cells that are packed in tightly together? Uh, and that's what fingernails are, just waste dead cells packed tightly together. Yep. I'm, Guys. I'm like checking out my fingernails now. And I'm isn't just, that I'm, what dust is? Dust that we breathe in every day? Just a bunch of dead cell waste that we have gathering in our homesteads. Uh, just, just, just gathering and going in our nostrils. And that's and why you tune into Missing Out, to be reminded of what's important. <laughs> You're always breathing in dead people. <laughs> always. Um, Wherever you are. Yep. If you're at home, you're probably breathing in dead pieces of yourself. Yep. Chew on that one. That's pretty heavy. <laughs> Literally. I'm inhaling my up, dead self. Just pick up a dust bunny. Just chew on it. Just fucking. Like, if, <laughs> if each cell is us, I've died thousands of times and inhaled myself at least as many times and thousands is a low ball estimate yeah i mean your body is uh essentially replaces itself probably millions millions upon millions of times well every seven years you basically have a completely new body right so so from the time that if you let's say that you lived in your childhood home from the time that you were born until you were 18 your body you have basically shed yourself in that one place um at least two whole times like two and a half times um so there's just and every time you vacuum there's just a big pile of you have fun inhaling your own corpses folks (laughs) this is disgusting i am sorry that i have subjected everyone to this this. i i just did this i didn't mean it i I, I have too much love for you to shut you down man but you you just you took us here we're here now Live with what you've done. It's, it's all I think about. It's literally like sometimes I lay in my bed and I'm just like, we're we're everywhere. We're just we're just individual pieces of of flesh and 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 skin and 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 cells just meshed together, moving all at once. We're that's, that's all we are. We're all, are we yeah, we're even, all just stuff. We're all just little bits yeah, and we're parts. All just like. Just a pile of stuff. A pile of stuff, and we all got it in our heads that we're real important. Yep. And we're all we're we're all just yeah we're all real excited about like the next Avengers movie, which yeah. is just a bunch of little pieces and particles pointing cameras at each other <laughs> and showing them to other little the the pictures they make, uh, giving giving it to other little collections of bits so that they can sit in front of machines which are also little collections of bits and stuff and particles and put m- more things into the pictures and then they put the pictures in big rooms for all of the other little collections of bits and pieces and parts and particles and they look at themselves reflected in this image 
and it's just a perfect it's like when you hold two mirrors up and it's just in, it's just infinite in yeah. every direction just particles and stuff and nonsense and bullshit yep it's great it's awesome it's awesome yeah i mean hey look the other side of that just because i want to bring this up a little bit is that every piece of matter that ever existed from the big bang till now um there's there's never been anything new created from that so like everything right. that so all of those little bits and pieces and millions and billions of years of like heat death and swelling and 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 erosion and formation come came together to me to make the food that uh feed fed your ancestors that like created the semen that made their babies which ultimately made your people which fed your parents which allowed them to have sex and make you and then all of it came together to make you so like this is your you're you're like billion years in the making well it's essentially too like you describe right it also happened to make the food that these particular vessels we inhabit this this specific type of collection of bits and parts and pieces to be able to help sustain it it is sort of interesting how and people will be like intelligent design no it's just really interesting how over time this system continued to adapt to self-perpetuate and self-sustain right that shit's interesting yes and i would say that like even if even if even if you believe in intelligent design i think that like i think that there is they're not mutually exclusive like if you're creating a work of art like it adapts over time and you allow yes i suppose i right i guess it depends on how you want to frame it i don't this becomes another conversation, but I don't necessarily buy into the idea that somebody went, I have an idea reality. I just think uh, I, I have an easier time buying that just millions of imperceptible teeny tiny factors uh, eventually uh, convalesced in such a way. Convalesced? Is that the sure. right word? Sure. Yeah. We're going to go with convalesce. Sounds right. Convalescence. I mean, this is definitely not the right word. Totally. But we're, we're going with it. Uh, uh, collided, came together in such a way that it, it sparked reality as we understand it. And the design itself essentially became intelligent over time. Yeah. So if that's what we mean by using intelligent design in this context. Okay. Okay. All right. I mean, I like to dance around with the idea that there was a, a creature or like a thing. And, and at some point was like, you know what? Reality. Mostly because like we do it with like the stories that we tell. Yes. We like we create these characters and we create these worlds and have that have different aspects. So like, why not have, uh, our world be something to that effect? Well, that, that then like, you know, it's simulation theory is right. Cause that's yes. what it makes me think of. And I think simulation theory is hysterical, not because I'm just like, this is so stupid. I'm just like, wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> Sim simulation theory essentially posits that like right on a long enough timeline we could create an artificial reality so sophisticated and detailed and immersive that it would be utterly indistinguishable from our reality yeah and then it further posits that if there's a chance this could happen on a long enough timeline we jump to it already has happened and we live in that simulation that'd be funny yeah that'd be kind of funny because we're all so convinced we're so important <laughs> that'd be pretty funny yeah I mean, it, it's like that Black Mirror episode where uh, the the two, like, have you watched this last season of Black Mirror? Some of, this is the, the last season is the one with the ba -ba 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 Star Trek-y one and yes. like uh, Black Museum. Yes. Okay, I've seen most of it. Okay. In the Star Trek one, like, all these people exist um, 
in this world. And at that point, like they are conscious, fully fledged people at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, But like they are ultimately just a part of this small um, created world. Right. Um, I forgot. Oh, yeah. We're not important. No one's important. Um, So, I mean, yeah. Ultimately. Except except you. You listening, you're very special. uh, uh, Don't pander. You're so special. (laughs) Um, Only you. Only you. If you're listening with a friend, which one of you am I talking to? Um, oh man. I mean, I feel like it now almost like I'm, I'm diving down a rabbit hole in my mind now. Cause like, then you have to start thinking of it as in, if this is a simulation, then we are essentially a collection of data. Yes. Um, and metrics and demographics and all that stuff, which ultimately, even if it's not like as a society, we have kind of moved in that direction in which like you get these companies that use the data of people's everyday demographics or behavior in order to like market or, or right. try to and hack at, your brain into point, like doing things at right at that point through that prism we are less people than we are data footprints right yeah um so like and and there is when it comes to like data and uh like collection of information there comes a point where like people start to say that we as human beings don't have free will and that like all of our uh, all of our behaviors are pre-predicted. Right. And we're, we're also being very subtly herded towards certain things. And right. sometimes so subtly that we are unable to perceive it. And we are under the impression that we are making this decision entirely uninfluenced and of our own volition. Yeah. Whether or not that is actually the case, for example, see the 2016 election. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there's no, I guess... There's also really no way to prove definitively whether that is that like there's no way to prove the the idea of free will or not. It, I think. it becomes very you, how you'd have to be almost inside people's heads. Right. You would and you'd have to assess it on a case by case by case by case by case basis. And yeah. there are a lot of people. Right. So it, like, yeah, it gets real complicated, um, real difficult to know. Um, but like, you know, people write dissertations on this kind of thing. Um, people write full episodes of cowboy themed television shows based on this kind of thing. It's called Westworld. It's it's called Westworld. Have you even seen Westworld, bro? I have. Do you even? I haven't seen season two though. Don't waste your time. What? I mean, some people like it. I know. I feel like I don't like things that lots of people like. Um, I, it was fine. It was fine. I don't know. There was a lot of good moments. I think overall they lost their way. This isn't a, this isn't a Westworld podcast, so it doesn't matter. Um, I'm mostly excited. Uh, the Deadwood movie is officially a go and they're going to use, I believe they're going to use that whole lot for their town. Oh, nice. Deadwood rules. Ooh. Um, all right. So we are running low on time. Do you have any last thoughts about Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhoods. I uh, was very pleasantly surprised. I had a lot of fun watching this. Uh, this I easily, easily the most engaged I felt uh, in in one of these one of these anime adventures that you have uh, taken me by the hand and pulled me along on. Good. Keep watching it. Watch all of it. How many episodes? Is Sixty. It? Sixty episodes. But they go by the, real fast. And is that the entire run of the? Yeah. Okay, because like that's the other thing too is like when you said first eight episodes, I looked and I was like, man, that's almost three hours of stuff. Jesus, and it goes oh, i mean yeah. this thing is paced incredibly well mm-hmm. 
So yeah, just like bite-sized chunks, um, like watch an arc, then go on and do your life. Watch an arc, go on and do your life. And then maybe pay a bill and then go back and watch an arc and then, I don't know, maybe see your kids for an hour or two and then go back and yeah. watch some more Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> yeah. My kids don't like anime, so I can't do it with them. They're like, let's go outside. And I'm like, I'm just trying to watch this anime. You're like, if you, if you loved daddy, you would watch anime. You would watch <laughs> anime with daddy. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, if you haven't watched it, you guys in the audience, I tried very hard not to spoil anything um, so that you guys could watch it and enjoy it. Like in the first eight episodes that we've talked about um, are essentially, uh, I guess I did spoil the original series, but just watch Brotherhood. Um, it, the first eight episodes are very much just the like first, uh, the first act um, it sets everything up. You meet your your primary baddies. You kind of get an idea of who the who the like uh, army is, and you get a, a a sense of like the seedy underbelly of the army as well. Um, so it's a very gray world with very fun characters and uh, very uh, sharp storytelling. So I highly recommend it to anyone who is listening. I highly recommend it to anyone who is never watched anime anyone who uh just loves a good story yes <laughs> no I, like honestly i can sit here and i can say yeah i i would feel comfortable recommending this to somebody for whom anime is not necessarily their thing because of how crazy accessible this feels yeah um also uh if this is your thing which it should be um the the show has a lot of like really strong female protagonists which i don't feel i don't feel like is a very common thing in uh, a number of anime that I've watched. That's true. Something that I wasn't necessarily thinking actively about, but now that you mention it, looking back, I realize, yeah, a lot of anime that I've seen were either com- like damseling or hypersexualizing all of the females, s- some some of whom were young enough that that's like... Just, just super weird, super weird and kind of unsavory. Um, yeah. did, did, I didn't see any of that in this program. Yeah, it's, it's not a thing. Um... And I like that, like, there's it, the main driving relationship is between two brothers, and it's not like a romantic thing. Like, the most romantic you get is like, does Winry and Eric Ed have a thing? Um, but who knows? It doesn't matter. It's not important. Um, and then when you get to Armstrong's sister, who's just a total fucking badass um you're like this show does it for me does it so hard so good (laughs) this is my porn now (laughs) look at her being so confident all of our men are so loyal everyone respects each other so much (laughs) oh man um Uh, it's that that competent respectful professionalism that does it for you every time uh it's it's so good though Mm -hmm. um i just you know i feel like uh, I feel like women aren't really handled well in a lot of anime, and I like when they are. Yes. Um, For sure. Yeah. Seconded. <laughs> um, so, Lex Michael. Yes. Where can the people find you if they want to send you Full Metal Alchemist fan art? Fan art, memes. If you just want to send me, like, the fic you did about the guy who wants to eat people. Yeah. So down. Uh, all of our social media at the Lex Michael. 
awesome. You can find me at Tari J. That's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. You can also find this podcast at Missing Outcast. M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T on Twitter. Also, if you would like to tell us what you're into, you can leave us a voicemail. Ah, oh, yeah. Ah, Leave us one of them voicemails. This is what we wanted. Ah. All you got to do is call 978-MISS-OUT. That's 978-647-7688. Uh, and we will integrate it into the show. Uh, let us know what you thought of Full Metal Alchemist. And I will integrate it into the show. He's so committed that he's waving his arms. Just oh. real, like he's extending them. He's making muscly things yes. happen now. It is. I will integrate the way that they do that has been passed down the, by the Armstrong bloodline for generations. An Armstrong alchemy, bro. <laughs> sweet, sweet Armstrong alchemy. <laughs> All right. Um, put guys. it in a bottle. Market that shit. Oh. <laughs> uh, Well, we'll see you next week. Bye! Did you know a turkey puppet once ran for the presidency of Ireland? Did you know that meat once rained from the skies of Kentucky? Did you know that there was an emperor of the United States for a while? Then listen to the Wikiship Down podcast. We live in an age when the sum total of humanity's knowledge can be found in your pocket on a smartphone at any given time. But when that knowledge is peer editable, like it is on Wikipedia, what does that say about mankind? So follow us down the digital rabbit hole as we drink, joke, and curse our way through the random button on Wikipedia and see where our journey through humanity's knowledge takes us. While you're at it, follow us on all social media at Wikiship Down. I'm Ruthann. I'm Ryan. And be sure to find us every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts.